oftentimes we hear real estate agents who are looking for an admin who's detail oriented, right? That's like the number one most common thing that people say that they want. And I go, okay, that's great. Um, no one's going to say I want an admin who's not detail oriented, right? right? So yeah. like, okay, congratulations. You've satisfied the first step in real estate admin mediocrity. Welcome to the Disruptance Podcast. Here are your hosts, Eric Forney and Michael Bounds. Mike, every week on the show, we aim to disrupt the way real estate agents and entrepreneurs think about life and business in order to be more profitable and productive. And this week, I want to disrupt the way you think about the R word and dog the bounty hunter. Oh, man. Uh, I can already tell that you're a big dog the bounty hunter advocate and a big follower. I already know. However, um, the dog pound. There are some interesting things that we can learn from Dog the Bounty Hunter yep. as it pertains to uh, running a business and this R word. And the R word that I want to unpack is the word recruiting and how um, the search for Brian Laundrie. <laughs> I thought you was talking about another R word when you talk about all dog, the headlines. Dog today. the Bounty Hunter. All right. And we can learn from Dog the Bounty Hunter about how to effectively find missing persons. You know, so right now the dog is making all the headlines, right? With his hunt for Brian Laundry. And listen, cancel culture. I don't need you to tell me that I'm being insensitive by extrapolating um, <laughs> what we can learn from a missing person. I understand it's tragic. I get that. And it is awful. And at very best, he's still a piece of shit domestic abuse this is clickbait right so like said the name i get i get that (laughs) however let's take that out of it and let's look at what lessons are there from a entrepreneur perspective that we can apply by understanding the playbook that the fbi and dog the bounty hunter have run right as it pertains to finding missing persons find the person because when you're in business you need to find people whether that's people to buy your product or people to work inside of your organization to to build your vision and your mission and so when i think about things that we can learn from dog the bounty hunter um, in finding missing persons i think we have to start at first understanding who are we looking for we have to define who we're looking for otherwise we have desperation right and and when we think about desperation it leads to deal breakers and divorce if we put it in the context of dating. Yes. And you don't want that in your business at all. That's right. You can, you can smell a desperate realtor when they're looking for an admin <laughs> and you can, yeah, that's it, true. And you can like, can you do 14 things that I don't want to do and post to social yeah. media? Yeah. That's right. I heard one time at a training and a podcast that you should just do all the things that I don't want to do. <laughs> I want to go hire that person. I right? learned this word called delegating. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. That's some interesting, ju- that's some interesting hack realtor uh, advice. Yes. Is leverage, right? Is the, the over, con- do. over conflation use of leverage. Uh, so understanding that we have to define who we're looking to date yes. as it pertains to, to dating someone in the context of business recruiting. Because what I want to reshape how, how business owners and how real estate agents think about recruiting is the idea of thinking about it, not from that dirty, slimy R word, recruiting to your Amway or your MLM 
that you're trying to build so that you don't have to work anymore and can actually be a social media influencer. I mean, we're thinking about recruiting not to where you'll take anyone and everyone, but where you get to selectively date whomever you want to um, be in business with again tomorrow or next week or next year. Because those are definitely very different perspectives on how to approach recruiting and they shape the outcome of your business and how much um, joy you get in going to work. Yeah, you get to actually get to go to work with people that you like. Just like dating, you get to date the person that you actually like versus, you know, being desperate and just dating anybody. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> and so in thinking about how do we tie that into the dog recruiting um, or finding missing persons, I think then first we have to understand that there, there are so many parallels in finding this, in finding Brian Laundry, and uh, how to find missing people inside of your business. And so, um, one of the one of the great examples we see in how the FBI has looked for um, for Brian Laundry is is they've distributed his photos all over media, social media, um, and and news organizations. Right, and so they do that so that. Anyone who sees him is able to call and report the missing person, right? Because they know what he looks like, right? Hey, so, so we want to know you what the person clear. looks like. That's right. We want to be really clear on who am I looking for? What do they look like, mm-hmm. right? And then um, we want to know. Um, the FBI has like told us about this person's history and backstory and the things that have shaped who they are. So we know that um, Brian hiked the Appalachian Trail, that he he lives um, in Florida, that his parents do, that he's, you know, oftentimes visited this um, swampland and national park. And uh, the thought is, is he's not hiding in a Ritz-Carlton. He's actually instead likely somewhere in a state park, a forest, a swampland, living off the grid rather than going from $16 motels to motels, right? And right. so we're, we're understanding what's their experience and then what has shaped them to likely tell us in the future what is their most probable behavior yeah. Where are forward. they? That's right. And so let's unpack that a little bit to, to think about recruiting when we're looking at selective recruiting to hire um, – or be in business with the best people to help us accomplish our desired mission or vision. So I want to think about then, um, or I, I would ask entrepreneurs to think about what shaped you and what shapes the people around you in your organization that you would love to see more of. Right. For instance, Mike, I'll go through this or Tyler, we'll go through this as an example together. Um, Outside of business, so let's take business out of it. What did you do before business, before any job at all that's made you who you are? Who, me? Sure. Uh, Outside of business, um, I would either say like, um, it would either be like, um, you know, my religion or family. Awesome. Tell me about your religion. Uh, And. It's, I want to say more spirituality okay. versus versus religion, um, but what it it allows me to do is a, there's there's a guy named Jesus, and uh, he's like a role model to Perfect. me. And normally when I make decisions in my life, 
that's the lens that I would like to make the decisions. Now, am I perfect at that? Absolutely not. But that's where I aspire. That's my aspirational model. And so you make the you, you try to use that as your North Star. How does that shape your decision making? How does Jesus, the model, shape your decision? It just based on like if I if if something is going to happen, I just kind of ask myself, you know, what would he do in that situation? And then that's the decision that I tend to make. Perfect. So I know then automatically that that's shaped a portion of your decision making lens. And therefore, if I'm um, if I'm trying to motivate you, I could also um, tie things back to understanding through um that context of how you how you see um the world and how you make decisions right so now i've got some insight as to how to lead and potentially how you might make future-based decisions did uh you said family was something as well what does that mean uh i'm a family man i have a lot of kids i'm married so that obviously uh kind of guides me in my decision making and what's best for you know from from a you know, from a family perspective. Okay. Um, so your family is important to you. Um, what is it about your family that's important to you? Uh, I, I provide for my family. Uh, they're really important from a support. Uh, that's why, you know, that's why I work so hard. Yeah. I think so. Uh, I, I want to be a good provider for them. So it ends up being a lot of my motivation. Did why you, I get my why, why I get up. So I heard you say that like honoring your commitment and providing is where you derive yeah. value legacy, um, mm-hmm. and you see, you see that as like one of your core pillars for why you are compelled to go take action. Um, did you ever play sports? I did. What what were team sports or individual? Uh, both, um, uh, but primarily team sports. What did um, you learn by how did team sports shape who you are? So uh, team sports allowed me to understand that the team is greater than the whole. And if as an end or I'm sorry, the team is better than the, is greater than yeah. the individual. Um, and that if I the individual wants to get goals, that has to be done within the framework, which is the, the overall team. Yeah. Um, so you have to play within that framework and just no plays off. And so that has allowed me to lead people in that from that perspective, because um, if you have a bunch of individuals on a football field, you have chaos. But if you have you got Tom Brady and he's just taking it, it's like it literally looks like a car just driving down the road because the like the it's just moving in unison. It's just it's beautiful to watch. And so that's how your business, you want your business to be. You want your business to be predictable. And, and if you run it that way, it can be. So what I heard you say is that the team shapes you because you understand that everyone working together is more effective and more efficient. And then you also have to figure out how to have that balance between each person inside of the team in order to get the desired action there has to be synergy. There has to be cohesiveness. There has to be teamwork yeah. um, in order to make the dream work. And so, <laughs> so cheesy. And so, um, so that's shaped who you are. Right. And then we could go down this path and I could say, okay, what are your hobbies? Right. Like right, right. what have your soft, what soft skills do you have? What, um, how do you feel about responsibility? Like, you know, did you, 
were, were you a single parent? I know that you were. How did that shape you? Right. Uh, you know, what was like, what's your childhood look like? How much responsibility did you have inside of the family? Like there's so many things that make you who you are. And yet so many times we often, um, in business and in recruiting, we overlook all of these things. And yet they're likely the biggest predictor of the person's values and characters and then how they show up in your organization. Right. Is there a pattern of life story about how you got here? Because that pattern is likely um, what's made you who you are today and will continue to make you who you are in the future, barring some massive environment change. Right. Eric, where was your first job at? Uh, I worked at a radio station um, when I was not old enough to be employed that or the child labor laws were different at the time. Yeah. <laughs> do you feel like you, do you feel like that job shaped you in any way, shape or form? 100%. In fact, I actually just re has, I just changed the word I was going to say because we, uh, I was just talking about this actually. So I worked at a radio station when I was 14, but I started there when I was like 10 and my, our, our station, our general manager would listen to our air checks all the time and I would get red pinned and notes over and over and over with feedback on ways to improve wow. and different <laughs> like g- vocabulary and grammar that wasn't pronounced uh, correctly or different dialect that wasn't proper or all this different like oversight and insight into like critical feedback I got all the time. Well, we take that exact same model and apply it to listening to uh, all of our salespeople's calls and presentations in order to teach them because that was the most effective way for me to learn at the time was to break down game film the same way that Peyton Manning does we do with our real estate agents. So absolutely it shaped who I, who I am because it made me understand that there, the, the difference between excellence and mediocrity is just a really thin line. Yeah, just the word. Yeah, it's preparation. It's pre- yeah, it, it's it's practice. It's revision. It's a science experiment. It's testing and measuring, and then and then redeploying um, that remeasured and uh, revised approach. And so uh, we probably I don't know if we would host a podcast. If not, I don't know if we would do uh, public speaking. If I wasn't used to talking publicly as a 10 year old from the time I was 10 to 25 years old or more. Yeah. Like that absolutely shaped me. Yeah. Interesting. I always think the everybody's first job can. What was your, what was yours? Sling and roofing? Nope. It was, uh, what do you think he did? Mike sling and shoes. Sling and shoes. Wasn't going to guess. Yeah. Too late. Wasn't going to guess. Yeah. I want to see if Mike can guess that. That was a hint. It was a hint. So was it like finish line? I bet he was like uh, Ed Ed Bundy. (laughs) (laughs) Al Al Bundy. Al, there we go. Thank you. Ed was the... uh, I I am the black Al Bundy. You're going to be mad when I tell you because it's it's very obvious. What, What is it? I was a customer service rep at a bowling alley. Oh, <laughs> you were slinging shoes. I, was, I wouldn't have guessed that. You were so yeah. how did that shape you then? Um, I was thinking about that. and um, Yeah, I never would have guessed that. No, me neither. Yeah, I, uh, what I learned there, though, was how to adapt to different situations. I was 14, and I also was learning how to talk to customers, like how to deal with parents at like that are stressed out at birthday parties or... 
at the same time having to like run back and fix a broken lane or um, having to like work with other people. Just something as simple as that and like learning just the fundamentals of just working in like a working environment and navigating that in those relationships. So adaptability is what I hear. So I, mm-hmm. I learned a lot of adaptability. At and a lot age. of soft skills around not pissing mom off at a birthday party. Exactly. Yeah. And then as byproduct, I got a bull all the time. And now I just, now I just wish I could do that all the time. You should, that's, yeah, quit. Could you see, Tyler would just be a professional bowler and his, he'd have one of those like balls that had cards in it. Yeah. He would have. I'd probably go with the kingpin route with the rose in the ball. ball, (laughs) That'd be great. Uh, I have a buddy that's a pro bowler. It's, yeah, I don't know anything. It's everything I wish I could be. terrible bowler. So see, have groupies. It's clearly shaped him. I just run. I just want to bowl for a living. (laughs) So, understanding that in a in the missing person conversation allows us to also know a lot about how what the person's values are, what their desired long term goals are. Now we know Tyler's is to bowl. Like this whole time, I thought he wanted to shoot video and and flip cards, but. Uh, nope, he I wants to be a pro while. bowler. I mean, we play poker during league nights, <laughs> so there's cards involved. I film. I, I film. You do myself. film. That's right. I, I tie it all together, baby. You wow, know, do it all. <laughs> but it, but now we know, right? It it exactly. tells us a little bit of like of who we're working with. We like I already know that Tyler is a creative and that he requires like variety. Yeah. Right. And so that shows up actually in that conversation. Heck yeah. Uh, and it also tells me that if I'm, if I'm looking to hire Tyler, that I'm going to, that there's going to need to be a lot of opportunity and a lot of different ways in which um, he can fulfill and satisfy that like curiosity desire of his in yeah. order to like retain him. What you're doing is you're creating an avatar. Yeah. You're creating a wanted poster in your mind. Like you're clear that we're looking for Brian Laundry, but in your business, you're looking for what is that avatar? What is that person? Is that person an operations person? Well, you're wanting somebody who's the detail oriented. That's going to be the total opposite of myself. So uh, that's the clarity that you need. So when you go out there you know, if the person is like, man, I'd offer this guy a real estate job as a salesperson, he's probably not a, probably won't end up being a great admin. So I want to unpack that a little bit because you're right. You, you, I'm going to call this like three layers deep of the, the three layer salad of, of missing persons here. So oftentimes we hear real estate agents who are looking for an admin who's detail oriented, right? That's like the number one most common thing that people say that they want. And I go, okay, that's great. Um, no one's going to say, I want an admin who's not detail-oriented, right? right? So yeah. like, okay, congratulations. You've satisfied the first step in real estate admin mediocrity. Yeah. So how do we know, right? Is When you say detail-oriented, how does detail-oriented show up in that recruiting conversation or in that? Well, the resume doesn't have misspellings. Okay, perfect, right? <laughs> so resume's got no typos or right. there's been that detail. And then um, they demonstrated, like give, have them give stories on how they've demonstrated um, those results. Sometimes you can even give them a task. Yeah. So then what you're saying is, is you're going to check for competency 
by either um, like empowering them with some task to, to measure their actual ability to be detail oriented or not. Right. And maybe, um, maybe detail oriented is not actually what you need. Maybe you need a certain level of detail oriented, but speed is more important than accuracy. Right. I, and I so, yeah. So like think about the difference between, do you need someone who's a court reporter, right? Who's like making all of the, the monologue, um, you know, during a, during a hearing, where speed and accuracy is likely really important. Right. Or um, do you need above average accuracy right. with good speed? Do you, you know, what is that threshold? Right. And, and so I did a poor job of defining. No, like, no, no. I love it because this is precisely what, what we want to unpack for people. Is sure. That, is that most people will say, I knew what you mean, but most people will say, I want someone detail oriented. And then I go, okay, well, how do you know? Testing it is a, fantastic way to measure it and then i want to also then start to like tie this loop i want to circle the drain mm -hmm. to think about like how will you show up consistently um and demonstrate that detail oriented is someone that you actually are not someone you are during the interview right is are you do you hide your crazy on our first and second date Right. Or are you just not crazy? Right. And, and so how do I flush that out by, by triangulating all these different factors to see is, are you truly a hell yes? And by fitting my missing person. And so, um, I want to know like what in your, what in your life has demonstrated that you're detail oriented. Right. I was like, um, if you're detail oriented and your clothes are wrinkled, we're not, the audio doesn't match the video. Right. right. And well, the problem is detail oriented to me is different than detail right. oriented to you. That's, right. that's just like, you know, I mean, that's the problem is like, we have to understand what does that, what does that mean to you? And then does that align with my principles and what I'm looking that's for? Right. Eric, what does detail oriented mean to you? Um, it actually means probably, um, Nothing. Probably nothing that yeah. anyone else is thinking because yeah. to me, what I'm thinking is like someone who's like organized and sees chaos or clutter and then brings order to that. And, right. and so the, they see the, the details of chaos and, and bring them into, in an organized and like some bullet points. controlled manner. What's that? Maybe some bullet points. Bullet points. Yes. Yep. Yeah. That's a good point. Like if you write a really well detailed paragraph or like essay, I'm not reading it yep, or I might <clears throat> next week when I print it off and finally have some downtime to like go through and look at it. But I'm probably not going to notice the typos as much in that paragraph because I can't pay attention long enough to read your paragraph. Yeah. But if you bullet point it for me, then I'd love to see it be detail oriented. Yeah. A good example of that is I remember I was looking to hire my first um, administrator and what God, I, I, was, I read a book and as that book, I read that book, an avatar emerged. Mm -hmm. I'm looking for my wife. Okay. I'm looking for someone who... Like my what my wife does, she makes me look good. Like okay. I lose my keys. Okay, guess what, baby? Where are my keys at? She knows where my keys are. 
that's so when I'm interviewing someone, I'm looking for in the most non creepy way. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm looking for someone who brings does order. that. Who brings order to your business? Who 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 finds your blind spots? Right? Who becomes the extra set of like eyes and the, the um, and oversight? That's right. Yeah, that has my right. back. So so that is what I mean when you're looking for someone. If you can get really clear on what that looks like when you're interviewing people, you'll be like, nope, nope. That's right. Nope. Come on, let's talk some. That's more. right, and so <laughs> and so, just along that same vein of thinking about the relationship or the dating concept is what I want to dispel the the sleaziness of recruiting is is that it is just one meeting at a time, right? Is going on that first meeting or that first face to face appointment where you're learning about the values and the goals of the person that you're meeting with doesn't mean that you have to partner with them forever. Right. It's just one meeting at a time to decide if we want to go on another meeting or not. Do we want to um, continue this relationship um, tomorrow, next week, next month, next year? We don't have to necessarily think about you next year. But you don't, that's right. You yeah. don't have to get married. You have to just decide, are we going to meet again? Yes. Are going bowling or not? Yes. <laughs> that's right. And so. That in, was your go-to day, wasn't it? <laughs> that's right. That's what hooked Kate. Oh yeah, <laughs> let's that go so bowling. That is so true. <laughs> so then I think the pro- then that got free games. Okay, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that process of business dating of business recruiting then in in real estate goes um, that it's one it's one meeting at a time, right? It's that that one date at a time. It is then um, having permission to have transparency to talk about goals, values, and future. And then once we understand who that person is, then we get to set our next meeting date. We get to then before, before going to the car, we establish when are we going to go on another meeting again or when are we not dating? Yes, you get to. So I tell people all this all the time. Sales and sales and recruiting are the same. They're cousins. It's game. When I go into a bar, the objective is to find a girlfriend. Right. So it's not to find like you don't want to take every woman. You don't want every woman, your girlfriend. You just want to find one. Right. So you go into the bar. You start having conversations. I go to church or you go to the church, whatever this could be. And you start having conversations. Some people you want to have a conversation with again. Some people you don't. That's right. The choice is yours. The objective is to then, hey, we're at church. Let's go have some coffee afterward, right? Yeah. Or if they say no, then you just agree to keep having a relationship and deepen in that relationship. It's just, and then you keep pushing the conversation forward. All you're doing is building relationships. It's not That's recruiting. Right. That's right. And so what is it that, why do people resist this entire process then? Fear of rejection. Fear of rejection. Okay. What's interesting is you can't even get rejected if all you're doing is going, if you are just going on one, uh, one meeting. Yeah. Cause you don't even know if you want to even be in relationship with that person. Right. And I think that's the problem is like, 
people will not they they conflate rejection they conflate it and they think they're getting rejected when all if you're genuinely meeting with people just to build relationships there is no rejection that's right because it's a relationship right. unless you is, don't like them that's right you're literally <laughs> just going there to serve the the knowing and and like exchange of value between two people yeah like you're just going to actually learn about the other person and then decide, are they somebody you want to bring that you want to continue to meet with and have a relationship with or not? Absolutely. And so I, I, I feel that a lot of times when people, it's a mindset shift. I know we say yeah, that all is. the time. It so it's a mindset shift when you are in it to genuinely have these relationships. I talk to people like, hey, I'll buy you coffee. I'm not interested in being recruited. Well, great. I'm not recruiting you. That's right. <laughs> can i buy you a coat yeah i'm not actually even sure if we want to be in business yeah, together right I might not like you you yeah. might not you don't you know so yeah, it, it may versa. not be it might mm -hmm. not be something but i would love to buy you a coat and the believe it or not a lot of times i'll have a conversation and i get so many like best practices and other like tidbits that i can then incorporate into my business yeah absolutely so i think what i heard you say is that you you know you set that initial appointment um, in order to discover if you want to be in re business relationship or business partnership with someone. So it could be, Hey, Michael, I've heard a lot of great things about you. I've seen your signs all over town. I've seen you on LinkedIn, all of these different places. Um, would you ever be open to an opportunity for us to work together? If we could find something that was a win for you and a win for me. Yeah. And what are they? Yes or no? There's no energy to that, right? Yeah. There's no energy to whether or not we can find a win for the two of us and whether or not we would be open minded yeah. to be to that opportunity. There's no frick because because who says no to that, by the yeah, way? Yeah, I mean, like, of course, if there's an opportunity, it's a win for me. Like, that sounds like it makes sense. Yeah. And, and so when we pack all this dog the bounty hunter process of missing persons together it's setting that initial appointment of deciding do i want to um even meet with this potential missing person to see if in fact they are the person i'm looking for so how am i going to set that initial appointment but before i do that i need to get really clear on who am i looking for right right what what does this person think like act like walk like talk like and then what experiences have shaped who they are that uh, contribute to their core values, to the way that they show up in business, to the way that they um, interact with other people? Um, and then do they fit for a potential role inside of, you know, my business or my company? And, uh, and once I'm really crystal clear on that and I've really drilled down, not necessarily just the surface level, like, well, I want someone who's not a victim. I hear that all the time. Oh, great. How would you know? You've started now with um, 7 billion people on the planet. And I don't know that any of them hold up a sign and say, I'm not a victim. Mm -hmm. So we're going to need to narrow it down yeah, more than that. You can hear that. it, though. You can hear them. You can right? hear it when they blame stuff on other Perfect. people. Perfect. We can hear it. But then I think, too, is goes, what if I didn't want to start with this really big, yeah. wide pool of people and have to talk right. to every one of yeah. them? How could I get even more narrow-minded? When If I needed someone who was incredibly detail-oriented, I might look for an archaeologist. Right. right. I might need someone who's right. who's using a paintbrush to to and sift through dinosaur yeah. bones. Right. Yeah. Like if if that's the what I need, that experience shapes that particular trait. And so when I get really crystal clear on what has shaped them and what's most important to me, I can narrow my focus on who I'm looking for 
and what their experience likely is. Then I'm going to set my appointment. And then on the appointment itself, we're going through the get to know you phase. What are your goals? What are your values? Uh, What do you want out of your life? What do you bring to the organization potentially? And then do we want to go on another meeting or not? Right. Because we don't need to be in partnership with anyone and everyone. We only need to be in business and partnerships with those that are in alignment. The perfect person. That's right. So this is where I want I want to like stop and pause because we really need to put a thumbtack in this. We spend a lot of time identify. We have to identify the avatar or that person that makes up the position. The problem is that we often find people that we like. And we then say, okay, we're going to make that person fit. Mm-hmm. And that is not how this works. No, I don't elect. We're not going to bring politics in this, but I'm not going to elect a Republican and then have them talk about, you know, the pro pro abortion. Right. Yeah. Yeah. So like I want if I want something, I need to get a Republican or a Democrat. So if you're finding somebody, you have to find that person and you can't change them. Yeah. It is who they they are, who they are. You put that avatar in that position. Yeah. What do you do when you're neither a Republican or a Democrat because you think they're both crazy? Well, they don't. I'm, they don't. I'm just kidding. You, you know what I'm saying? Like, I'm not going to. Because they don't align with anything. You think? <laughs> so but I mean, that's the problem that's right. is that yeah. people do is like they. Oh, I like this person. We, we said But then, bless yeah, their heart. bless their heart. <laughs> and then they can't do the job yeah. because either they don't have the skill set or the ability to do it, or yeah. there's something else going on in their life. And then guess what? The business suffers. Absolutely. You suffer because you brought in the wrong avatar. Know who you're looking for. Know what they look like. And then don't settle until you find the right missing person. Yes. I want to hit that because I think that we know what we're looking for. And then we just bring people in and hope that they can grow to to the position. I'm just going to tell you, to be honest with you, the rock stars are rock stars before you hire them. You got to hire a rock star and then, oh, yeah, they discovered they're a rock star. They just didn't know it. Yeah, I don't think you want to date on potential. <laughs> right. Yeah, I think they could be a good fit. Yeah. Speaking of good fits and what you guys are talking about, who are you missing in your organization currently as of the first weekend of October? <sighs> yeah, for me, I, I know um, a few uh, a few people, it seems like. But, um, you know, when we look at the, the – organization at large we're looking for great real estate um operators like good business operators from a um from a team perspective that have the ability and the experience to lead other teams and other ceos you know as we build out a nationwide network of um of real estate entrepreneurs and and leaders we're looking for people who have leadership experience and also know how to operate um, as a high level ceo of a real estate team in order to lead regions and CEOs. Mm. What about you, Mike? I'm looking for, like, it's always operations. Like, operations is, um, that's just like, I mean, it makes your business just run so smooth. It's like the extra horsepower you need. So you're, I'm always looking for operations people and salespeople, obviously, but yeah. 